All right, so we are live. Yes. Meet me at the table with purpose, episode one. <laughs> so thank you, everyone who's chiming in. Um, thank you for your patience. We're on Facebook Live right now. Um, and I just want to be able to um, give God his, uh, his first few seconds before we, we begin. So we're going to open up in prayer. All right. Which is really important. Yes. yes. Sorry, Mari. So um, we're just going to pray and thank God for this day. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for today. Thank you for nudging us. Thank you for quickening us. And, and just to, for your grace and your love, God. Lord, you know the plans that you have for us, God. And I thank you for organizing and strategizing and nudging Maria to do this in such a quick turnaround, God. I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. And I thank you that you're going to be in the midst of this gathering tonight. And those that are watching, God, let this purpose be for purpose for you and to touch others out there. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Marie. All right. So welcome, everyone. We are live. I am recording here the live podcast. And it's live because we're on Facebook Live. You're all going to be able to witness episode one. Um, today is the topic is um, how I heal from grief after losing my mother. And so today was um, intentional in giving my, um, my attention to the first episode. And it was intentional because today would have been my mother's 77th birthday. So she passed away 23 years ago after battling cancer, um, biliary cancer. And um, it's, it's been quite a journey to get to a place of healing. Um, and so we're going to be talking about how that journey was. So today, you'll see a cake. I have her favorite fruit cake because every August 31st, I buy a fruit cake and, um, and we honor her. Um, and so, you know, it's her birthday, got her a cake, a fruit cake. So for those who don't know me, thank you for everyone. I see, you know, people commenting. Thank you for joining us. Um, you are so appreciated. And uh, the fact that you even took the time to, um, to join, it, it, I just absolutely appreciate it. Um, my name is Maria Jefferson, for those that don't know me. And um, I am a, um, I wear several hats. Um, so I actually own um, Purpose Path Consulting. Um, check out my, uh, our Facebook page. And um, I'm a life coach. I'm also a mental health um, professional. Um, and I specialize in um, treating and working with clients with PTSD, trauma, anxiety, depression. Um, and so I'm also full-time a vocational rehabilitation counselor. So I do that as well. Um, I'm a mom, a wife. And um, a friend, sister to many, many, many people. And so today, 
I have two wonderful people that um, are here on the set of Meet Me at the Table with Purpose, episode one. Um, so first, let me introduce Marie Centron. Um, thank you for joining me today. So let me just share real quick before she introduces herself. I had no intention to have a guest today, none whatsoever. And it was just gonna be me talking about my journey on um, healing from grief and honoring my mother. But as I was driving this afternoon, I heard that small still voice where God said, call Marie. And um, I called her, I said, listen, I'm doing my part. This is what God said. Can you please join me? And uh, the rest is on you. And right away she was like, yes. So thank you for joining us. I, I so appreciate you. So tell everyone who you are. So um, hi, guys. Um, my name is Marie Roman Cintron. And um, I'm an ordained minister. I've been doing ministry for over 20 years. Um, how the Lord called me is he called me when I was six years old and um, he hasn't stopped and his journey and his purpose in my life has been amazing. Um, I'm also a professional. Uh, I work at the cancer center, which is ironic. And I deal with cancer patients at end of life, which I help them transition from working full time to being in disability. And I work with their financial billing and all of that. Stuff, which is it could be really really hard on cancer patients yeah. and so the Lord called me there and I've been there for four years and that's my ministry in the marketplace so I speak to them about God and I let them know how God loves them at the end of life which is important and you know some of them are difficult but some of them end up just you know you know saying I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and nice. it's been an amazing journey it's been I get nice. to speak about God. I get to speak about His goodness. And it's really, it's really nice how the Lord has me placed there for this season of my life. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm a mother um, of three children. And um, my children are important to me. I love them dearly. And, you know, they're, they're becoming adults. And so it's, it's, it's nice to see their journey as well, uh, transitioning to adulthood. And, you know, that's been my journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then, so I also have another special individual who is here um, with us, Ivy Medina. Thank you so much. You want to come to the camera real quick? <laughs> so she's going to come in real quick. And um, so I have Ivy here who is... An amazing, amazing person. And um, so let me just briefly share how now we are connected with this. Um, you know, Ivy does a lot of um, amazing videos, live videos with her makeup. Um, I'm going to have her talk a little bit about um, the uh, makeup line or cosmetic line that um, she represents. Um, which we have a few items here. Um, and I just asked her if she wouldn't mind helping with this uh, with this live podcast, this show with the makeup. And right away she was like, yes. 
So thank you. You're welcome. I, I just so felt right. You. I was like, yes, yes, that's the thing I was looking for. Yes. <laughs> so tell everyone what what you do for a pharmacy. So I'm a makeup influencer. Hand me that right there. Sure. For pharmacy, and so what I do is basically I record live their makeup. You know, me wearing their makeup and kind of just demonstrating. So I don't sell it like a Mary Kay or an Avon. It's just I wear it. I tell you what it feels like, what it smells like, the way it looks. And it actually can compare to a lot of the, the higher, the more expensive brands that I wear. So I've actually just stopped wearing them. And so um, I brought you guys some samples. Thank so you. So you can both have yeah. the, our famous Zen Mascara and our famous Matte Lip Gloss. Okay. So you guys can try it and then kind of just type up a little testimony of what, how you like it because so I think that's the best, the best way to do it. So it's gluten-free, not animal tested. Um, vitamin E is really good for your skin. It's just, not just slapping on junk. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank well, you. Well, thank you, hon. Thank I'll you I'll be for watching because this is going to be good. Yes. <laughs> so Ivy was um, wonderful enough to um, bring some additional lighting into, onto the set. So... I love it. Um, excuse me. Um, my little one is is trying to catch my attention. You can go that way, please. Thank you. Okay, you can watch. So, um, thank you, Ivy, because I needed mascara, actually. <laughs> so, it's time. All the time. So, on time. Yes. So, so let me just um, jump right in. Um so my journey began with grief um, in 1996, actually, when she was diagnosed, my mother was diagnosed with um, cancer. And so um, one thing I do want to just kind of mention, um, I want to share how um, surreal this moment feels for me, especially on this day. As I was putting together this set, setting everything up, the um the the camera for the live and making sure that everything was perfect um you know the microphone um the chairs just getting everything situated it brought me back to when my mother used to work for um channel 13 telemundo many 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 years ago and um you know a lot of my childhood i spent at the tv station um, she made me made me do commercials, <laughs> like modeling commercials. She made me do voiceovers and the audio for a lot of the commercials as well from the age of eight. Wow. So, you know, she got me into all of this. And so today was just like full circle. Like, God is just so good. So, um, and you know, um, Lena, I love you, Lena. Um, she's always telling me like how I embody my mother and, um, you know, with today being, um, her 77th heavenly birthday, um, I know that she is here with us in spirit and I, and I believe that, um, this is she guiding me as well. Um, I haven't done TV or like stuff, anything like this, like formal since I was a kid so um, you know this is this is just a very surreal moment um, so my mother was diagnosed I had just um, started my very first semester I was at Central 
And um, I had just graduated high school, started my very first semester. Uh, I recall it, ha the school started, I want to say like on a Tuesday. So I was already living on campus, but school hadn't started yet. And, um, and she had a travel agency called Tapia's Travel and Communication on Franklin Avenue. Um, and I just remember I couldn't get a hold of her. And my cousin, when I called the house, my cousin said, no, she had to go to the emergency room. And when I get to the emergency room, I find that, that I find out that they found, they did an x-ray and they found a shadow, um, in, um, her, like the, um, not the stomach, but she had biliary cancer. So it was uh, like in the bile ducts, which is connected to the intestinal mm -hmm. tract and the stomach. It's all in that area. And so um, it, I just remember just like going into this state of mind of like, what is going on? Like I am 18, 19 years old. Well, 18, about to be 19. And I was just like, what is going on so the journey um my mother had their um uh, surgery on september 13th i'll never forget it september 13th and um uh they performed surgery were trying to get as much of the tumor that, as they could and um the doctor then came and spoke to us and said um I don't give her more than a year and um, that was a journey I just remember um, it, it was um, challenging being a new college student and I was compensating the pain that I was feeling and the grief that I had begun feeling because I knew my mother was going to die mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Right. Um, you know, I, um, I was drinking, I was smoking weed, you know, and all of that was to self-medicate. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, I was always partying and, um, and it was, you know, my way of coping with what was going on. Um, fast forward to the following September in 1997. And actually today, August 31st, on her birthday today, Princess Diana died 23 years ago. That's right. Yeah. So I remember um, we were at the hospital and um, she wasn't. Um, she was like going into like these deep sleeps and so she really didn't get to enjoy our company for her birthday and um, uh, that began her transition mm. and she passed away um, September 5th so um, you know it's uh, from then on so I, here I am 19 years old um, she was my mother, my father, and I, um, it, I mean, it was very difficult. Um, I continued with the drinking and smoking and partying. Um, and I recall uh, 
about six months later, like I literally had a breakdown, literally had a breakdown. But a lot of people didn't know because I was hiding it from my friends because I was overcompensating with the going out, the partying and all that. Or I would just isolate. Um, But also I was homeless. I was not living um, in a stable home because my mom had passed away. And so um, I had to try to figure out how to survive. I had to, um, I mean, I slept in my car. And it's crazy because a lot of, a lot of people that I went to college with um, are on my Facebook. So this is probably the first time they're even hearing this. Wow. Um, but I remember spending a winter sleeping in my car several times. Um, and so I got an apartment and so the journey of this grief got so intense that, um, it began to manifest in other, um, in other ways. And so, um, I was easily, um, irritable, right? I was like, I would get in a bad mood. Um, oh, I'd be willing to fight right away if, if it was necessary. Yeah. Um, and so... All these emotions. Uh, I mean, just a slew of emotions. emotions yeah. And then, you know, so my journey and what now as a mental health provider, I, un- I understand it as unresolved grief, right. you know? So that journey of having this unresolved grief... Um, learning how to be a wife without my mother guiding me, learning how to be a young mother at the age of 24 without my mother, Um, just learning everything about adulthood without my mother, you know, without her guidance, where usually, you know, mom signifies for the young woman you know that let me guide you right into adulthood Mm -hmm. I didn't have that and so um so yeah so my my trauma from what I went through with the loss of my mother just turned into um so many other issues right so many other issues Mm -hmm. and um and it wasn't until I went to graduate school that um, once, once I graduated and um, got my first job as a therapist at a community um, mental health clinic and um, my supervisor at that time for test anxiety recommended that I, um, hi Deora, thank you for doing that. Um, um, you know, she recommended that I talk to someone or seek uh, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Um, it's a very specific trauma treatment. And um, she said, you know, that's going to help you with your anxiety, you know, for the exam, the, the licensure exam. And lo and behold, I go to this therapist and who became I mean such a big part of my healing and she just helped me through EMDR I learned that my test anxiety was due to so many I mean because I I come with childhood trauma as well and so but just 
all of my different layers of trauma from childhood and especially the loss of my mother. You suppressed everything. Everything was just, you know, it was just coming out. I was suffering from panic attacks, like, I mean, constant, constant panic attacks. So, um, a year and a half of intensive EMDR, EMDR treatment, and I found my healing. I found ways to um, no longer feel that deep loss and that deep grief, you know. Um, I found that peace um, where I was able to, okay, I need to enjoy life because I, I know that that's what she would have wanted, you know, for me. Um, but I found that peace. I made peace with the fact that she isn't here and it's no one's fault that she's not here. You found that peace with yourself. With myself, correct. Correct. So, you know, um, grief, especially the loss of the mother, it's, it's so difficult. And I always say that it doesn't matter what age you are. <laughs> I got the tissues. I got the tissues ready. I mean, it's 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 a pain and a, a certain level of heartbreak mm-hmm. that it it is very difficult to explain to someone who has never experienced it. It's true. And so I believe that God asked me to call you. Because we share that in common. Yes, we do. Yeah. My mother passed away as well. And it was a journey. Um, my journey was, it was similar but different. You know, my mother died nine years ago. Um, and I was that person that suppressed everything and was the helper for everyone. Mm-hmm. For my siblings. Yeah. Um, so suppressing everything and finding healing is, is, it was a journey for me as well. So, just like you, I, I, I manifested in different areas of my life. I, you know, I was the helper. I was organizing. I was doing other different things. That's that staying busy anxiety. Yes. I'm trying to avoid. Avoid. And acknowledging what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I did not cry at my mother's funeral. Yeah. I couldn't cry because yeah. I was just on the go, go, go. And that gave me that escape go. Yeah. Like doing and keeping busy and making sure everybody's taken care yeah. of. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a helper. I'm right. a doer. I have to make sure that everybody's taken care of, right. but I don't look at myself. Yeah. And, and, you know, into the Lord got a hold of me and say, wait a minute. And, and it affected my health. Mm-hmm. It affected my, my body. It affected the way I, you know, I was working and my bones and everything you know, because that also, you know, um, affects suppress you suppress Absolutely. so much. Your body gets into yeah. shock and gets into yeah. a trauma. So I realized that something wasn't wasn't right. My back started hurting. Other other things in my life, and it wasn't until I we talked about certain things of my life that I went through, and you suggested that go see a therapist, and which amazing I found. Through my journey, I, I, I went through a lot of therapists, um, 
And I'm, I'm, I believe in God. I'm a born again Christian. Mm -hmm. I love God. But I also believe that you have to see, seek someone in order to help you through your process. Um, if you have someone in church that you confide and that person is, you know, a pastor or a leader that has those qualities and have, you know, uh, some somehow of the ability of counsel you. But if you need other assistance, just seek for it. Right. So I did. And um, and it was an eye opener for me because the door, the helper was also affected. And it wasn't yeah. until I realized that there's something wrong with me, right. you know, and it's, it's, I had to layers and layers and layers and layers like you. My mother raised me by herself. She's a divorced person. And, you know, that affected me. And I didn't realize that affected me. Yeah. You know, living without a, a, a father figure right. in the home. Right. And, you know, when I was young, you know, we used to go to church, but it's just like, you know, where's that father figure? Right. You know, then I started realizing that my father figure was God. And looking at the, of those aspects in life, and it wasn't until the Lord had to teach me, and it was a, a an instant that I recall so vividly. I was in my living room, and I have a huge mirror, and I was standing in front of the mirror, and I had to say to myself, "You're beautiful. Yeah, you are loved." And until you don't speak those things into your, your the assistance of life they won't manifest. Right. So I had to speak that over my life. Yeah. And speak the goodness of God into my life. Yeah. But I also believe that was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the help of the therapist and the help of, you know, getting that that help, mental health, you know, for my for my for every journey of life is important. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so you touched on a couple of things that um just absolutely um touched me and so you know you mentioned how physically you started feeling sick and you know as a as a as I began studying further trauma and what it how it impacts the body and how it impacts the wiring of the brain um it, you know it can transform DNA correct um as I began learning more about that, I began learning, you know, the connection between trauma and physical health, the aches and pains. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yes, yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I believe that because I healed from my, my traumas, I was at my doctor last year, she deleted my rheumatoid arthritis um, diagnosis. What? I mean, <laughs> and, and I don't amazing. know if you remember, like when I yes. first got diagnosed, like how sick I was. Yeah. I mean, guys, like I was like literally like I could barely walk. Um, it took me forever to be able to get out of bed. It took me um, um, a, a long time to really adjust to the amount of pain that um that i was experiencing in my body and it wasn't until i really began healing mm -hmm. that my body began healing too yeah 
You sure do. Once yeah. you begin, you become to talk about your feelings and talk about your actions. And, and you know, um, one of the things that my therapist said to me, um, you know, the first thing he noticed is he noticed how tense I was. And he said, why are you clenching? And I'm like, why are you doing that to your body? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I didn't realize I was doing that to my body mm -hmm. until he pointed it out. Right. So, um, that's he, where you were carrying it. Yes. I carry, I just, I, I, I become tense and, you know, just focus. And he says, wait a minute, let's, let's rewire you. So we, we went through every step. Mm -hmm. So my L1 and L5 was affecting my spinal cord. Wow. That's how bad it was. And to, um, and I was, my hip was disjointed. So that, that's how I my trauma was was in the back of my body yeah. where everything that had happened it just attacked my right. my spinal right. cord and until my therapist said marie look where you're at yes. and i'm like okay you are safe mm -hmm. you have to declare that you are safe mm -hmm. until i started declaring that i was safe that i was everything has passed everything was long gone I cannot go backwards and mm -hmm. fix anything because that had passed. Right. So don't go and get it, he said. Let's focus on the now. Let's focus on where you're at right now. And you are safe. And I want you to repeat that to yourself when you feel tense. No, you're safe. Yeah. And I started repeating that in my workplace. And I started exercising what he had said to me. And I started just in the journey, just walking it out, walking it out. Just like the word of God says, how we read the word and we walk it out. I started declaring the same things as the therapist mm -hmm. was saying into my body. Right. Sometimes we don't realize. Sometimes we're so caught up doing ministry, doing work, doing, house, doing your house chores, doing your, your duties as a wife, as yeah. a mother. And you forget about yourself yeah. until something triggers. Right. You know, and I realized that, okay, I have to take care of myself because right. if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of my children. Correct. And who's going to take care of my children? Correct. So I started just writing a journal, doing things for me that will help me and exercising everything that he told yep. me. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, um, the other thing that resonated with me was you know you mentioned how your mom was a single mother um she had gotten divorced and you didn't really grow up with that father figure same here you right. know so my parents got divorced when i was very young i witnessed my father attempt to kill my mother um mm -hmm. and that's my earliest memory yeah. as a toddler I was about three-ish or so. Uh -huh. and, and, you know, through the EMDR treatment, um, I was able to go back and really work through that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, waiting. Oh, is reconnecting. Yay, okay, we're back. We're back. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that for me was um, it, part of my childhood trauma. Um, that deeply impacted me and my mother had to be that strong woman and she was strict you know with my sister and myself and um, you know it, it was it taught me a lot of um, 
skills that I needed to survive life without her. But I still had that father piece that was missing. And, And again, it wasn't until I became a mental health provider that then I began learning how much not having both parents as caregivers in your home or just in your life in a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. right? How much that deeply impacts so many other areas in your life. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's been just quite the journey. And one of the, um, one of my goals for this podcast, for this live podcast recording is um, I want to normalize mental health treatment especially for us people of color yeah where in our culture you don't talk to strangers no no no, no. you don't you don't talk you don't tell the business (laughs) you don't go outside the home and you don't talk about it you don't talk about it no that's a stranger Mm -hmm. and usually you know these therapists for us people of color like growing up it was usually a white person Mm -hmm. and you don't talk about this stuff (laughs) you don't air that dirty laundry and so um as a mental health provider i have worked with clients where that piece of the culture deeply impacts someone choosing or not or even having difficulty adjusting to even accepting therapy Correct. Because it's that resistance of, I don't know if I can trust you because... I've been hurt I, before. I've been hurt before. Or I, I'm not supposed to be talking to you. I, right. I, I'm not supposed to talk about any of this. I'm supposed to just... Work through it. You know what? Deal with it. Yeah. Keep my mouth shut. shut. Why are you crying? You you know, don't cry because you ain't got no reason to cry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't talk about it, right? Right. And so when when we go to visit my friend's house, don't look at nobody. nobody. Don't ask for no drinks. Don't ask for no food. You sit right next to me and don't you dare move. And if they offer you something, no. No. <laughs> right. So it's like absolutely not. So all those teachings yeah. absolutely impact the child. It does. It impacts the child because what, what we're doing is, and I have even had to really work through my own mm. teaching of this is, but this is what we do, right? This is what I was taught. So I had to work through my own to make sure that I'm not silencing my children's voice because that's really what it does. It right. teaches the child, don't don't talk about it. It's just don't true. talk about it. You know, you don't have a voice yeah. to speak up. So, so you know, this has just been, um, it came from that place as well. Like, I want to normalize mental health treatment. Mm. It's normal. normal. It's, okay. it's okay. You are not crazy if... You want to talk to a therapist. You are not crazy if you're having certain symptoms. Absolutely not. It is completely normal. And, you know, like I always say and like how I've been saying in my my most recent lives, for anyone who is needing a referral, please do not hesitate to inbox me and I would be more than happy to connect you 
to a therapist that um, that may have the skills um, that you're looking for in terms of certain techniques, a female, male, you know, person of color, a white person, whatever it may be, um, or who specializes in certain areas. So you I, know. I, I could agree with you on that because my first session when I went to one of my first therapists, I didn't click with her. And it wasn't nothing that she did wrong, nothing that I did wrong. It's just, you know, a personality. She, yeah. you know, and, and um, we agreed to disagree. Right. And I, I moved on to I, another person. And yeah. I was in, and, you know, and you recommended a few people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and do your homework. Yeah. Do your homework. Absolutely. I think that's important to do your research and do and feel comfortable with the person that you go to see because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pour out everything and they're there to hear you and guide you through the process. Right. I mean, I landed an amazing therapist and I'm not letting him know. I know. It's, it's hard. I'm like, okay, but and he's like, you graduated. I can't. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, one session a month, please. Can we have like some maintenance sessions? <laughs> And now that I'm on the other side of the spectrum, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm begging to see this person, you know, but it, it just, it makes you aware how far you have come and you know, you still, you still are holding on to your life. Like you're holding on to Jesus, but he's saying, no, it's okay. You're going to be okay. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, in, in, just hearing what you're what you're saying it's uh doing your homework mm-hmm. looking this individual up um and just reading their bios correct is so important you know and um and even like i like to offer you know um consultations because even in that first the first 15 minutes you know you'll know you know if this is the person that yeah. you i will even know yes. if this is a client i want to work with or not correct if this is my type of client mm-hmm. that i enjoy working with because there are certain age populations no i'm not touching that population right. like the little kids absolutely not <laughs> I, I love the kids but not for therapy <laughs> no absolutely not but um but I know some amazing um, therapists. So please go over there. Thank you. Excuse me real quick. Please go over there. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, I just, I just want to encourage those and continue encouraging, you know, anyone who feels like I need to talk to someone, but I don't even know where to start. Do not hesitate. Please. Yeah inbox me and i would be more than happy to help reach reach out i think during these times that we're going through you know with covid with all this um you know all the all these racial tensions that we're going through and we don't want to talk about it but it's important to talk about where we are at this is a different world since we grew up i mean we were sit there be quiet and you know and now we're like in this pandemic and we can't even go outside and we need our family time you know and you know it's just the world that we're raising our children is totally different from when we came from right right and it's important just to you know if you are hurting or you are in a situation that you need to speak to someone i encourage you to reach out because it's important to just you know be in a safe place 
of reaching out and be comfortable with that person that you're reaching out to. So I see a lot of activity and I'm just so excited, you know, that people are commenting. So I am going to just kind of look through um, if, if you don't mind, mommy, no, go right ahead. All right, Becky, thank you for joining, Rebecca. Um, and you said, Rebecca, your experience was twofold: healing from trauma to give others that food from lived experiences that at that God is so good. Yes, He is. Yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and uh, Melinda, thank you. Thank you for being here. Jesse, Jessenia, thank you for being here. Um, I never knew I was having panic attacks, Jessenia, saying, until my therapist diagnosed me. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I didn't know that I was having panic attacks. And actually, let, let me share this story. So in high school is my senior year is where I developed um where I had my real first panic attack. And so panic attacks can come to people in many different forms. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that my panic attacks come is through parathesis. So it's where the extremities become numb. Mm -hmm. And I remember in high school, this was my senior year, and um, I was at a friend's house and we were um, just watching TV. Now, mind you, this was like a day that I had not smoked, I had not drank, I didn't do any of that. And um, we're just watching TV and I'm eating a grinder. And then suddenly I started feeling weird. And I was like, oh, let me down, let me lay down real quick. So I remember I laid down on the floor and um, suddenly from my neck down, I couldn't move. My body felt so heavy. I, I just, I had no movement in my extremities. And um, I, uh, so my friend got scared and she called 911. And so, um, you know, this high school friend uh, at that time lived in one of the, um, one of the projects in Hartford. And so when the paramedics came in and so since you mentioned this whole racial tension yeah. and mm-hmm. you know the social climate that we're living in right now um so these paramedics show up they're two white males i remember and they were accusing me of being high and they were they were trying to force me to get up and walk to the gurney and I just remember saying to them, like, I can't move. And here I am crying because I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. That was my very first experience with the panic attack. And so this, you know, with uh, there's been conversations. So I belong to um, an initiative of um, um, uh, other mental health professionals that are um, people of color, and um, we co we co moderate um, um, Zoom videos um, uh, where we're having specific discussions about racial um, issues, discrimination. Right. Um, I mean, just a, a, a lot of different um, conversations that are excellent. So if I ever share, and I mean, you guys are around, like, definitely check it out. But, um, so, I just remember 
um, they, uh, I signed the waiver. I, I tell them to leave. I, oh. So I signed the waiver and um, we had somebody else come get me and bring me to the ER. At the ER, the nurse was accusing me of having smoked weed. Oh my goodness. And I was like, I promise you, I had not been smoking. And so they were like, she, she said to me, Well, then why are your eyes red? And I said, Because I've been crying. You know, this is like a really scary situation. Moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know what was happening to me. Here I am sitting in a wheelchair because I couldn't even walk. Mm. And so. Um, that night, I remember she was like, well, take some Benadryl and it will go away. And so I go, yeah, <laughs> take some Benadryl and it will all go away. This is what that nurse said to me. But this is an example of how us people of color, the medical treatment that we get is completely different than a person who is white. Yeah. That's the reality, yeah. you know. And this was back in 1990. Five. This was December 1995 that this happened to me. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I thought that Benadryl was was gonna fix my thing, right? So every time I started feeling this, like took the I took Benadryl and Benadryl, and I would take it every so many hours, and I would sleep for days because the panic attacks would knock me out, like it wore my body out. Right. That it would knock me out. And I would just sleep for like a day or two. But of course, not only am I tired from the panic yeah, attack, but I'm tired from the Benadryl. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, because this is what the nurse said to me. Oh, take some Benadryl and you'll be fine. And it wasn't until years later, in um, while I was working as an interpreter for a psychiatric hospital... Um, I'm interpreting for um, um, a patient's intake and they're asking uh, all these questions during the intake mm -hmm. at, with the assessment and then here I am interpreting but saying to myself geez all of that sounds so familiar I experienced all that and that's where I was like I think that these are panic attacks but it really wasn't confirmed until I started the therapy in 2017. Wow. Like, just three years ago that, you know, at 40 is when I wow. began working on healing. That's, in, wow. that's intense yeah. how the body, oh. your body does so right. many different things. Yeah. 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 So, it, it, you know, it, it and when, so that's why when I say it was a journey, mm -hmm. you know, the, um, like, Losing my mother was, um, was, I have to say, the biggest traumatic experience that I ever experienced in my life. Right. Um, but, um, and it took, and like I said, it took me years to finally heal. Um, but like you were saying earlier, you know, those layers. You find out that there are so many layers. It's that an are, onion. It's like, yeah. onion. It's like layer yeah. after layer after the yeah. layer. And it starts when when you're born, you yeah. know, as a child. Absolutely. And we have we have a lot of history, Hispanic history, a lot of Latin. We our culture does yes. a lot of, you know, our mothers from generations to generations, Correct. they bring their own 
in trauma. trauma and they they put it upon us yeah. and you know it's not until we realize wait a minute there's something not right here and we rise above that yeah. and we say we have to you know sever this correct for our children's sake right because we don't want to bring all that to our children yeah. it's bad enough we're going through a pandemic and these kids have to you know, when they grow up, they're going to say, I remember on 2020, I had to wear a mask. Right. We don't know. Right. They're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. they're going to talk about it for years to come. Correct. You know, and it's just going to happen. In connect this is a nationwide. Yeah. Worldwide. 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 So, you know, I, I, I always think about my mother and I always think about what made her do certain things and what made her put that decision or put whatever she did upon us the children and i do not blame my mother whatsoever because she didn't have a manual correct to teach us right right she was young as well and her parents didn't know either yeah so you know um i give her credit that she stood up and she stood strong and fought and raised four children on her own. Yeah. You know, like you say, your mother was your mother and your father. My mother yeah. was my mother and my father. Right. And I honor my mother yeah. to the point that, you know, I took her name. Yeah. You know, and just like you honoring her, yeah. I honor my mom in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so um, it's first full circle. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I... I'm right now sitting in this place and I'm so content with the woman that I am today that I'm able to voice my opinion, voice how I'm feeling. If I don't like something, I will say it. If I like it like this, okay, I'm entitled to my own you opinion. You found your voice. I found my voice. Yeah. And it, like you, it's a journey, full circle. Yeah. Finding who I am and, and Christ and finding um, my true self. Yeah. And be and being happy. Yeah. And acknowledging being happy. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and and you know, being able to get to that place, because I'm at that place as well. You know, like I have I've always been kind of like very just outspoken, but I I came to a place where um, you know, I was suffering so much that a lot of stuff I just kept to myself. Mm -hmm. and, and I was taken advantage of by um, a lot of different people yeah. who, um, you know, would take my kindness for weakness right. and would take advantage of that mm -hmm. and mistreated me, you yeah. know. Um, and I had to work on overcoming that. Um, but um, for me, it's, it's also the... I need to um, I need to heal because I also have children. Yeah. I have a family. Mm -hmm. And so if I am still living through my trauma, they're going to, my children are going to inherit Correct. my yeah. trauma plus their own, own trauma, trauma caused by my trauma. It's true. And, you know, so it's just going to be yeah, it's just going to be this big old web and um so it, you know it, it comes to a place of the husband is talking about <laughs> i can't see him. oh teddy hey teddy how are you <laughs> the husband is stopping by so so yeah so um you know it's just really um 
And then I have Malicia over here, who's over there, please. Thank you. Um, because I'm doing something. So, this is live, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to my table. <laughs> this, is, this is live. Um, but yeah, so, you know, for me, it was super important that I found my voice because I needed to make sure that I healed, um, not just for me, but that I healed for my family, for my children, um, so that they're not paying the price for my trauma. It's so true. You know, I think we were discussing before the live certain situations with my children and, you know, and I share a moment with you, um, with one of my kids and I told her voice your opinion yeah. voice who you are right. it's important to voice it right. and by teaching my kids to voice their opinion and and um and see where they're at and not you know regurgitate everything that they're going right. through you know even the, the ugly the bad the good everything right. because it's important it's, right. if they're walking this life it's important to them it should be important to Correct. me and I love where they're at. I love, you know, sometimes they get out of hand and I have to say, wait a minute. Uh -huh. I know you're, you're a preteen or you're a young adult, but I'm still the mother. Right. <laughs> you know, so, right. you know, I, I love where they're at. And I love that I could, they could come to me and share what they're going through in their right. journey. And it's, it's amazing to see where they were at to where they're at now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we were dialoguing earlier, you know, change is good. Oh, yeah. Change Absolutely. is good. Some people don't like it, but change is good. Mm -hmm. Embrace it and, you know, uh, embrace where, where God is leading you and, you know, especially with your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so Mari, you're on. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for your comment. I'm so glad you're enjoying it, you know, and if you're on and you're watching, please say hello. Yes. Um, let us know if you have any questions. Um, you know, I'm trying not to make uh, the podcast not too, too long. I definitely want to make sure I continue capturing everyone's attention. The conversation is just so amazing. So good. You know, we all have something we need to heal from. Correct. And we all have experienced some kind of grief. Grief is not just the loss of a family member. No, it's not. Grief can be the loss of a relationship. Correct. The loss of a pet. Mm -hmm. The loss of a job. Correct. Um, grief can be the loss of... Um, a dear friend. Right. You know, somebody right. really close, you know. Right. And I, I totally agree with yeah. you. You know, um, for those that know me, they know my journey. And, you know... Like, my journey hasn't been easy, but I stand firm and strong because of what I went through. Right. And, you know, um, being de detached from the loss of a long relationship, is it was hard. Right. But the outcome, coming out and the other side of it, and looking at myself through what I came out, is I see myself, and I wouldn't change anything. Right. I would not change anything. Right. I learn from my mistakes. I learn from what I did right and um, how in my journey I kept on saying, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know yep. he's guiding me and he's Correct. teaching me. Correct. Um, 
you know, the woman that I am now, I'm a strong woman because yeah. of him, you know. And, and when my trauma that I went through would, you know, with my, with that person. Yeah. It was, you know, um, and you bless and you, you know, you bless them and you, you just move on and, you know, you forgive because you're going to forgive yourself. Yeah. First, you need to forgive yourself. And when you forgive yourself from all the trauma, all the hurt, all the wounds that you are experiencing, then you are willing and you know that you could forgive that other person. And you see that, like we were talking earlier, you could see that person and stop and shop and say, right. hi, how are you? Yeah. And keep on walking right. because there's, there's nothing that is going to hinder you from, you know, yeah. from moving forward. Yeah. 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 So... Thank you, Mari. Oh, my God. This is for amazing. For joining me. God is so good. You know, like I said, this was not a plan that I had. My plan, you know, the Word of God says that um, my ways are not His ways. His ways are not my ways. And His plans are, are much higher than my own, my own, all right? Because He knows, he knows better. Um, you know, I've, um, I have a strong faith in God. Um, I am very, very spiritually connected to God, and um, uh, I listen to the prompting of the Lord and the Holy Spirit um, because I have learned that I have to yes. listen, <laughs> but also because if, if I don't, I'm going to miss out on opportunity. Right. Had I not listened to that small, still voice, oh, come on. I would have done this by myself. And we wouldn't have been able to have shared right. in this moment, you know, to be able to talk to all the different people that are on and joining us. And that will then be, li be listening to the replay. Correct. That will then be listening to the podcast sharing. I mean, we don't even know who's going to be impacted by what we're talking about today. And that healing from grief, especially from the loss of a mother, mm -hmm. is absolutely achievable, attainable, but it takes time. And everyone has their own timeline with healing Correct. from a loss. Yes. It is it is an individual journey. So if someone ever says to you, you're not over it yet, like really, and they question <laughs> you, like go like this. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Grief happens in different orders. Yes. And they take as long as they want to it's, each it's, stage yes. takes as long and you know it's yeah. your journey and your journey you you navigate your own journey. Yeah. And your journey is important to yourself. And don't don't disqualify yourself because you get that false condemnation like you're not okay. Correct. You know, you just move on forward and you say, Yes, I am okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um it's just it's yeah. it's it's good. Right, right. It, so thank you, Mari, for oh, joining you me welcome. today. Thank you so much. Happy birthday, mommy. And happy happy birthday. birthday. I know that it is you that brought me to this place yes. and I'm just so thankful for you for We're being my guardian angel. Um and so again, anyone who may need a referral um, or, or help with that, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, my goal is we're going to be doing this weekly. Yeah. So please stay tuned. I already have 
some amazing, amazing guests um, that we're planning on um, putting together um, already, you know, next week's um, live podcast of Meet Me at the Table with Purpose. And so thank you. I want to say thank you to Ivy for coming. Meet me at the table with purpose, episode two, season one. Welcome back. Thank you to everyone that tuned in on Monday. Thank you for all the feedback. Thank you for all the views, the shares. I so appreciate all of you. My name is Maria Jefferson, and I am the host of this podcast, which is being recorded live. And today, I bring my wonderful friend, Jessenia Suarez, as my co-host. And we have some amazing items out front. I also have a couple things here that I do want to share with y'all. Um, the camera is a little too high, but I'm going to definitely pick it up when we get to that and share with y'all how good this stuff is that's in the jar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, welcome, welcome to meet me at the table with purpose. Thank you for coming on set. Um, tell everybody who you are. My name is Jessenia Suarez, and me and Maria have been friends for a long time. Twenty plus years. <laughs> yes. Um, I am mom, wife. Uh, full-time employee and I also have two side hustles um yes that's what I'm talking about <laughs> when you fill, fill up your your time and everything you don't have time for drama right that's right <laughs> so um so my first love my first side hustle um is unique uh, mineral based makeup I fell in love with the um, makeup and the company's mission and purpose. Um, their mission is to empower, uplift, and validate. Okay, um, they are big, really big on helping sexually abused women heal. Okay, um, proceeds from the makeup actually um, go to the company. And this company, we actually have two um, retreat retreat homes for women that are able to go for six days. Um, they have therapy counseling. They get um, pampered. They get you know treated like queens. But in the process, they're also healing um, from their childhood trauma. So. That's my uh, first side hustle. <laughs> um, my second, actually, is I am a Monate representative. Monate is hair care and also um, skincare products. And Monate stands for Modern Nature, which is the M-O-N-A-T. All right. Um, Plant-based products that are geared towards hair health and... Um, that revives, you know, give, gives you back the vitality in your hair. Um, a little quick background, 
I am on multiple medications. Um, I experience hair thinning. And um, I was very faithful to the product, only used the product. And here we are a year and a half later. Um, vibe, you know, my hair is vibrant, um, brilliance, you know, just the thickness, the fullness that I want. And I will personally say that I haven't had hair like this since high school. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. So, yes. Well, welcome, welcome, thank you, welcome. Thank you. thank you for that. Um, and so today, I'm also going to be um, showing off some delicious items that I ordered from my beautiful and wonderful friend, Patty Gutierrez. Look at how beautiful these jars are. You see this? Isn't it gorgeous? Yes. Look, I don't know if you have to see this. Anyway, so this is fig jam and this is blueberry jam. These are from her house. She actually made these. And we're going to test them. Because mm. <laughs> well, I already tested them. You did? I did. And they, they're good. So you, you want a neutral opinion? Yes, <laughs> yes. So, Patty, I, I already tested them. And yes, uh, um, <laughs> delicious. The best. Now, mind you, I'm not a fan of fig, but mm. look, is that good? Mm. <laughs> Finger licking good. Finger licking good. <laughs> yes. Look at this. All right. So I gave you one four mm -hmm. for each. Yeah. Um, let me tell y'all. So, like I said, I'm not a fan of fig, but all right, it's thick. Patty, consistency, thick. You outdid yourself. This fig jam. Is the bomb. Delicious. It's good, right? It's good, right? So I'm gonna try this blueberry. Blueberry jam. Girl, I mean you won't have to try this later. in 
on today's um, episode. Why? Because these are natural, very natural, homemade. And so for me, healing my body took me learning how to change my diet and be very mindful about the foods that I put into my body. So when I was, let's see, sorry y'all, I'm licking my fingers, because they, they, they still taste like, good. Mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> um, so I remember when I was about 18, 19, I remember I used to, you know, get a lot of pain in my pelvic area, especially with my menstrual cycle, and, you know, even as a child, every month when I got my menstrual cycle, I'd sleep on the floor, I'd have heavy bleeding, um, and my mom believed that young ladies don't go to a gynecologist, that's a cultural thing, right? So, my mother believed that gynecologists were for women who were not virgins or who were married. So, although I had these pains, I just was not getting proper treatment, right? So, I would take a bunch of Tylenol, I'd sleep on the floor because I would have severe pain, a lot of back pain. So, when... I was about 18 once I went to College Central. Mm-hmm. You know, my I kept having these pains, and there were times where I thought I was going to die, y'all. Like, seriously. I thought I was going to die from how much pain I had. And every time I go to the emergency room, this goes to show, okay, how um, the difference in the medical um, feel in healthcare the difference in treatment between people of color and affluent individuals. That you is know? a bit. That is a big topic. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. for me, it was one of those things where I I go to the doctor, I go to um, the emergency room because I'd be in such severe pain, and I I was always getting misdiagnosed. So. Um, I then, let's see, when I was about, oh, when I moved to Tennessee to um, go live with Ted, I remember there was a time where he literally had to carry me to the ER because I was in so much pain and I was like balled up in a fetal position. And when I went to the doctor, well, he brought me to the ER and, you know, first they thought that I was having an ectopic pregnancy, which is when the, um, when the embryo is being formed in, in the, the fallopian tubes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it wasn't that after, you know, they did the ultrasounds and everything. It wasn't that. So they were just like, oh, you just have a pelvic infection. Well, how, how the heck do I get a pelvic infection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, being misdiagnosed. I spoke about being misdiagnosed mm-hmm. in, on Monday when I was talking about these panic attacks where I was being told, oh, take Benadryl, it, 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 you'll feel better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we get married. 
No, March. We got married in June. I should know that, right? It's okay. Don't tell Teddy, y'all. You know. <laughs> so, we got married in March, and in April, I had a laparoscopic um, procedure where they went in, and the doctor was able to see what my ovaries, my fallopian tube, my uterus, what everything looked like. Come to find out, now I was 22 years old at this point, come to find out I had endometriosis. I had never heard of endometriosis, but I found out very quickly what was causing me so much pain. And I had both my ovaries, now this is at 22, both my ovaries, part of my uterus, part of my bladder, as well as my small intestine covered in scar tissue from the endometriosis. Now for those of you who do not know what endometriosis is, it is um, when the endometrial lining, instead of it all flushing out, it actually goes back inside of the body and begins to attach to different organs. It is a very painful, debilitating um, condition, which can also cause infertility. At that time, the doctor said to me, you're 22 years old. He said, you are very young. You just got married, and if you plan on having children, you better start now, or else you may never be able to have children again. So that's how Sienna came, because she was playing, and so she came like a year, some change later. But, um, but yeah. And so I suffered for so many years with fatigue, with pain. Um, I mean, it was just awful, awful, awful. And the only times that I felt relief from the endometriosis was the times that I was pregnant. And then I felt, because I didn't have my cycle anymore, um, and so, you know, we tried medications and they, the doctor had recommended, um, these, um, injections called Lupron, um, which when I did my research at that time, it was, um, used for men with, um, um, testicular cancer. They're like this, what? Yeah, like what's the point, right? So I was like, absolutely yeah. not. I'm not putting this in my body, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, so I lived for 21 years diagnosed with the endometriosis. And in those 21 years, because I was 22 when I got diagnosed, meaning that I, more than likely, the more research I did, it is very likely that my endometriosis began at the onset of my menstrual cycle when I was 11 years old. So, you know, basically almost all my life I've been, I was living with this condition. And I say I was because I finally decided last year to do something permanently to make myself feel better, you know. And, um, so yeah, so we, um, 
I talked, I spoke to the doctor and I was just like, you know what? I think I'm ready. And I ended up getting a partial hysterectomy. And can I tell you, it was the best <laughs> thing I could have absolutely done. The best decision I could have absolutely made. It was, it totally has changed my life. I don't have pain anymore. I don't have the issues. Like, even my mood swings have changed. Like, for the better. For the better, y'all. Um, but, yeah. I'm stomach, you're intestinal. Yeah. We had numerous conversations. Yes, yes. Thank yes. you for reminding me. Because mm -hmm. one of the issues, so because I had endometriosis, um, um, scar tissue attached to my small bowel, actually, when I had my hysterectomy, my doctor showed me pictures, and I had my right, my right ovary, because I still have my left, I had my right ovary, it was attached to my small intestine, like literally with scar tissue, up. it looked like a web, like a, like a big old spider web, just growing all around it, so no wonder I was always getting a lot of pain on this side, and I had issues with my digestive tract as well. You know, so it wasn't um, just the pain from the endometriosis, but it was also the pain from not being able, my body not being able to mm -hmm. function the way it naturally should be functioning. Yeah, that leads to all the stomach, the abdominal pain. Correct. It just goes all the way up. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so, um, Real quick on my background, um, I didn't have those issues, but um, I was always a three-day menstrual cycle person, um, which in college, that's when all my issues started. Really? 18. Um, you know, I ended up being lactose intolerant. I'm just having the abdominal issues, but still, I just had that three-day cycle. Fast forward two years ago. Um, for some reason or another, I was just getting, I went, yeah, about a year ago, two years ago, around that time frame. I was just getting heavier menstrual cycles, and I couldn't understand. Um, and, you know, and then when I didn't have mines, I was experiencing a lot of abdominal pain, mm -hmm. which I confused it with my Crohn's disease. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I confused it with my Crohn's disease. And the reason why I say that is because um, I was, I, I did the ultrasound, you know, just, I was just out of it. Um, I, I was in pain, ended up in the ED. Um, and did a CT scan. So from that CT scan of the abdomen, they ended up finding a golf ball cystic fibrosis in my uterus that um, they were just like, and one had burst, mm -hmm. which gave me the whole abdominal pain. And wow. but I'm thinking it's my Crohn's, my you know intestinal issues causing the pain. Correct. And they said, no, you got to go see your doctor. You got to go see your GYN. All right. Went to see my GYN. Ended up getting an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. My right 
pelvic muscle is mm -hmm. actually fused with my uterus. Oh, wow. I, yeah, at the moment. And it, it just causes pain, pain. Now, mind you, keep in mind, I have the cystic fibrosis that they tend to burst as well. You know, and we all know, you know, those grow and they burst. They grow or they stay. Um, so I was presented hysterectomy, birth control, or um, these, um, was it like a, was it sulfate pills or something like that? Mm -hmm. I was given three options. I said, no, I don't do good on birth control. You know, um, I have, I, I've been, um, I had my tube type for about 15 years now, mm -hmm. for about 15 years. And I said, I don't want, you know, and here we are talking about the whole organic and everything. And I was like, my goal is to get myself off all these medications. Right. So do I want to add or what do I do? Right. Now, um, again, ended up back with another ultrasound. Here I am, hard-headed, hard-headed me. Um, don't listen. Head, you know, head doctor was just like, listen, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Um, your uterus is actually flipped at the moment, which can cause you problems. You know, you're, you're just, you're just at this point torturing yourself. Wow. So I, he gave me a website. I hopped on it. You know, I spoke to a few people and of course you tend to start looking things up. You, you, you. You see the bad instead of the All good. The side effects. Yeah, yeah, you see the bad instead of the good. And it's like, and oh my God, I'm gonna end up with four heads. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, the worst thing you could do. Um, and what was, <laughs> what was important to me was the fact that my main thing that I was hearing was the libido, the 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 non-existent. The low, oh, girl, the, the low, don't believe it. So, <laughs> I, that's, that's a lie. That, <laughs> that really put fear yeah. in me. And of I course. said, I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-uh. <laughs> no, you don't feel that fine until the day you die. Listen, listen. <laughs> it is what it is, you yeah. know? So, I, I was, like, in tears in tears because I was fighting with myself, my thoughts, and and just, I was my my own enemy, you know, and, and I'm just like, I'm torturing myself, what am I doing? Yep. Um, so, now, um, I have, you know, I spoke with Maddie, and, um, that's me, yes, Maria, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had that conversation, and, um, you know, she, you know, put me at ease. Then I said, you know what, I'm going to talk to another person. And I did. Um, now, this person's background, they actually have um, the gene. And she ended up having a double mastectomy. She ended up, um, she ended up, you know, having the hysterectomy. And, you know, and she just asked me, she was like, what is your fear? And I told her what, what my fear was, you know. But I have failed to mention to her that I had the cystic fibrosis. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. you know, we're talking, we're discussing. She's telling me, you know, um, her experiences. And I said, yeah, you know, 
you know, the, the cystic fibrosis, and she goes, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And she goes, let me stop you right there because you never mentioned that you had that. And I said, yeah, I do, and they tend to burst, and of course, you know. And she goes, all right, so I'm going to put it to you like this. Do you want to live, or do you want to die of ovarian cancer? So that sealed the deal for me. Wow. <laughs> Next day I got up, and I, I just called my doctor, and I said, you know, lock me in. I got to do this. Yeah. You know, and you know, I'm I'm either gonna be like I said, I was fighting with myself, but you know, when somebody ends up putting, you know, changing your mindset and putting that in perspective, that totally okay, hands down, all right, I'm done. I'm not even gonna fight with myself anymore, you know. So I ended up having that conversation with my husband, which is important, women. You need that support system. Absolutely. You need that support system. And let me tell you, you know, I we discussed what was going to happen. We discussed everything. And he just, he was wonderful about it. You know, like, <laughs> makes me cry. But, you know, he was wonderful, wonderful about it. He said, you know what, I support you 100% in whatever you do, you know. And um, I'm, like, grateful for him for that, you know. And um, because you worry, you worry along the line, you know what I mean? Um, the love part, the physical part in your marriage, you know what I mean? And all the what ifs. Exactly. And just to have someone say, you know what, I'm ready to make this sacrifice right. with you. Right. You know what I mean? And it's it's us. Right. And I need you here right. versus, you know, get your health in check. Right. So that was all I needed. That's so you awesome. Know? That's so awesome. Yes. You know, so I, I remember when, um, so I'm getting ready, you know, for surgery. Um, I've had, um, the laparoscopies are considered surgeries mm -hmm. because they go in through your belly button and then they do two incisions. Mm -hmm. And, yep, so Ivy's told me, you know, yep, she knows. So um, they go in, they do two incisions on the side, depending on how much. They feel that they need to check. It might be three, but mine were always two on the sides, and they'd go in through my belly button. And that's how they would check on my endometriosis, like how much has grown. Um, and I had seven laparoscopies since um, 2000, up until my last laparoscopy that I had, which was I, I, had, a good, I had a good run. So... As I shared on Monday um, during the first episode, I had an unplanned pregnancy in 2013. Um, it was around the time I had got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I was on a ton of medication, and um, thankfully, it ended up being a um, a miscarriage. Um, and um, at that time, they had to go and do the DNC. And um, I was like, tie my tubes because I'm done having children. I don't want to ever have children again. I'm done. I'm good. Um, Nali was like 18 months at that time. And um, I, uh, it was just, you know, I mean, for me, my pregnancies were not fun. They, they I had a lot of pain. Um, and so... I, um, at that time, that, so that was the last laparoscopy that I had. They went in and they tied my tubes. They, so they did a tubal ligation is what it's called.
microscopy where they went and they cut and snipped and burned whatever scar tissue that they could find. Mm -hmm. A lot of the tissue that was in my small bowel could not be touched because there was a fear of perforating my bowel and then me walking around with a colostomy bag. I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And I'm too sexy for this colostomy bag. You know, no offense to those that do have it, but me? No. that 
never do that. Never do that. And I was just laid in bed, like total depression. So one of the things that the doctor had told me to be mindful of, and she said, you know, um, not many people during the clinical trial um, experienced this, but we have to tell you that because at least one person reported it, we have to tell you that at least one person committed suicide oh, on the medication. <laughs> Listen, y'all, mm-hmm. it's serious. Yeah, so that day, I was having some very light suicidal thoughts. And I mm-hmm. instantly, I called my doctor, and I told the nurse when she called me back, I said, this is what I'm feeling, and I am not going to continue this medication. So I took myself off the medication. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Um, it took me about four to five days to feel normal. So within a week of that medication being out of my body, I started to feel normal again, like happy, my mood was better. And um, when I went back to see her, my doctor says, so how did it go with the medication? I said, oh, I haven't even bothered taking it past day three. So then she goes and she looks at the notes and she says, that's right. Okay, so now we need to talk about that next step. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And she was just like, if you want to be healthy and feel better, you have to do this. And I was like, I just, I'm not ready for menopause. I was so scared. I asked her about everything. I said, is sex going to feel better or is it going to be worse? You know, like, am I going to lose myself as a woman? Like, relationship with my husband is it gonna impact this like I, I want she was like nope not at all she said I will make sure everything is intact I said is my vagina gonna fall <laughs> I was like how you gonna keep that in place there you know yeah. she said don't worry about it she she's <laughs> cracking up in the back background y'all she's cracking up but those were all the questions that I asked genuinely have those questions like what what's gonna happen next which is why you know if you can help someone if you've experienced something and you're able to help someone please do um we women tend to fight with ourselves absolutely let alone the world so you know i mean i'm like super grateful i have people to talk to yeah you know and while internally keeping those fears, those same questions you ask, I ask as well. Yeah. But they're medical professionals. You understand what I'm saying? Medical is a business. Yeah. Absolutely. And they so they're going to tell you what you want to hear. And they get paid more for surgeries. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know that, now you do. Oh, yeah. No, it's the truth. Actually, me and mm-hmm. Latarsha came by earlier, my friend that I was talking about, and, uh, we were just talking about that. Yeah, they got paid more for surgeries. Yeah. But this surgery, if you have conditions that are making yes. you sick, it and you're done having children. Yep. Like, why not? Why you know, not? I was less healthy before the hysterectomy, and so it was a partial hysterectomy. 
I'm just thinking right now, if my mother was here, if my mother was here, she would she would die young when she, we're talking about this hysterectomy and vaginas and all that. She would die. Yes, yes. So let me just share. I, I wear my mother's necklace still to this day. To this day. This is her. This is how I keep her close. So anyway, so now, you know, I'm over here touching, I'm just thinking like my mother would die. She would be so embarrassed if she was here when we were having this conversation. But it's so important for us to have it. It's so important for us as women to talk about it so we can support each other, right? So we can normalize that, that fear of, yes, girl, I had the same exact fear, but guess what? I'm so glad that I made the decision to become healthy. And I let me tell you, I became the biggest leap before surgery. I want to say maybe like three weeks prior, my anxiety was through the roof. I had this fear that I was going to die, that I was not going to wake up from the anesthesia. And because I always, all the procedures that I had, I always had a difficult time waking up from the anesthesia. And so, like, it literally lingers in my body for a long time, for days. So I was so afraid. I kept having dreams that I was dying, I was going to die, that I would not wake up. Like, it, it was just, like, I even started telling Ted, like, okay, we need to make sure that the life insurance is straight. We need to make sure that you know where yeah. the will is. Yeah. Yeah. We need to make sure that you have all the documents, that you contact Tim. So for y'all who don't know, our insurance guy, our financial advisor is Mr. Timothy Jenkins, my wonderful friend. Shout out to Tim, yes, because he's always looking out for our family. Um, so yeah, so it, it's, it was such a big fear and I had so much anxiety. Yes. And so when I have anxiety like that, I, I get busy and I'm always doing stuff and I get irritable and I mean, I was just arguing with everybody. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I had this surgery, and then of course, I mean, I was in the hospital a lot longer because of the effects of the anesthesia. The anesthesia. So it it took me days to feel better. Yeah. Um. So instead of it being an overnight stay, I got discharged that Monday. So I had it done Friday, and then I was discharged Monday. And um, I tell you, within a week. I was already starting to feel better. Like, it was just like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for you, though. <laughs> and, you know, just thank I, you yes. for even being willing to come on and, and talk about this. Yeah. You know, because so many women are experiencing so many... Um, I mean, it, it can even turn into like a traumatic experience, like yes. the pain, you know, I mean, even going to the doctor and feeling like the doctor is looking at me like I'm crazy. Or they can't do anything for it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I tell you the reason why I got a new doctor last, last year, I, I had an OBGYN for 13 years. And with the whole cyst issue, I remember asking him, hey, do you think that this may have to do with my endometriosis? Like this, no, you'll be fine. It'll go away. Oh, they'll just disappear. You'll be fine. 
And I mean, he was just like so nonchalant about it. And I was like, I need a second opinion, need a second opinion. And I'm so glad I got that second opinion because yes. right away she picked up on it. She's so amazing too. She's amazing. Yes. Um. So just just to kind of piggyback off the of what you just said, imagine for the women that cannot advocate for themselves. I know. So, ladies, you know anyone watching, if you have elderly people that do not speak English, people that. Um, do have cultural differences, be that support system as well, you know, I, working in the medical field, I get a lot of people that cannot advocate for themselves, this is the, the, and are afraid, and and people are afraid of speaking up, or, um, or, you know, even feeling like, um, you know, well, he's, or she's the doctor, so they know, so then I guess that, like, you know, not challenging the status quo, not asking questions because, like, oh well, they're that they're the professional, so they must know. I did that for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, and then it was just like absolutely not, absolutely not, no. And and I, I, I right away that moment I felt like my doctor was minimizing my experience. Yeah. It was me with pain. I had to be out of work. You know, yeah. both times. So it was, um, it was a Tuesday. Um, the cra here's the crazy story right behind that. So um, it was before, it was Memorial Day. So Memorial Day was on Monday. And so one of my good friends, my sister, came to visit. And I remember telling her, I was like, girl, I got this pain in my gut. I was like, I think I got gas or something. I might have to like fart or something. And I was like, you know, I don't know. It, it's just, I'm in a lot of pain. I feel discomfort. And then it went on to the next day when I went to work. Because at Memorial Day, we were off. So when I went to work the next day, you know, I remember telling my, my other coworkers, I was like, girl, I don't know. Like, let me go to the bathroom or something. Like, see if this pain will go away. And I just remember going to who at that time was our secretary. She's no longer our secretary because she was promoted. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I went to her and I just remember I leaned over on her desk and I was like, call my supervisor. I have to go now. I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. And then there's like things I remember. I don't remember. It was like a blur, like. I remember leaning on her desk like this, and then I remember waking up, and then suddenly I'm sitting in a chair with a fan on me. I got one person here, another person here. So apparently I, like, was about to, like, pass out, and they had, two people had to bring me to a chair. So a week later, I go back to work, and I'm having now the same exact pain, but on my left side. Now I'm thinking, shoot, now I have a cyst in my left ovary, same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Ted comes to pick me up. Remember, my supervisor put like put me in a um, one of the desk chairs and wheeled me out. And because uh, everybody at work was like, "Oh God, here we go!" And I got I got taken out of work in a in a gurney, put in the ambulance. So then they were making fun of me because they were like, "Oh, Renee, here you are. Bye." You know, like this to everybody as they wheeled me out. But um. I, you know, and I, I again, 
I went to my primary care physician, and then she sent me to the hospital. This time I went to a, a different hospital. And um, and that's when I was like, no, you know. So then I went to go see my OBGYN, and, and when I noticed that he was just, just indifferent and nonchalant, like, no, it's not that. And then, thank God I went for the second opinion. Thank God for this other woman mm-hmm. because the pictures, and I had shared the pictures at one point or earlier this year mm-hmm. um, that she took of what my endometriosis looked like, you mm-hmm. know? So um, it, it was, I tell you, it was definitely the best thing I could have done. And I was so happy when you called me. I, I, I was so happy when you called me. I gotta call somebody. I gotta call somebody. I yeah. Something, somebody. No. You know? And I, I remember you, you did it and you put it, you posted it, and I was just like, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm gonna get a few, you know, people with experiences, and you know, and and what I learned from the, from you know, gathering, people are different. People are different. Yep. You know, people are different. And we just really don't know the outcome, but health wise. Yeah. You know, when yeah. it's life or death. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. For sure. to be a no Yeah. And, yeah. you know, for, for those that don't know much about, you know, the endometriosis, it's an invisible um, illness. That never goes away, but it keeps growing. And I, I remember my doctor one time told me that he had a patient. This is my, my older doctor. Mm-hmm. The first one. Yep, the first one. So he told me he had a patient who um, every time she got her menstrual cycle, once a month, she couldn't walk. Because it literally attached to her knee. So just like arthritis in the knee, oh it was actually scar tissue from the endometriosis. I mean, so endometriosis can attach to any organ. Any organ. Mm -hmm. Any organ in your Mm -hmm. body. And literally suffocate your organs. And and, and make it not function appropriately and properly. You know? And create a whole nother slew of issues Mm -hmm. yeah it's one thing and then it just leads to another but um speaking of the the misdiagnosis my first ultrasound i was actually told because i was already 40 that i wouldn't get any matrices what i swear to you i i was told that so of course you hear that being you know the news you want to hear right you know, you're going to remember that, right? So, okay, here I am, my second ultrasound and my third ultrasound, and they're like, yeah, well, yeah, mm-hmm, we got to yeah. make moves. And you're just like, well, wait, I was told, you know? Yep. I know. So. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Jesse. you know, so much yes. for coming on and yes. just being willing to be open and, um, and transparent, you know, because... As women, we, we have to tell our stories so that we can support each other. Okay. And so I just I just want to shout out Jackie. You remember Jackie from Central? Um, Jackie? Do you remember? 
gorgeous, long black hair. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, love you, Jackie. You thank you. <laughs> thank you. I know, I know. So just thank you for being on. Thank you to everybody, you know. Um, please share this video with um, with other women, I mean, that you you may know that are also experiencing, you know, um, issues with endometriosis, um, ovarian cysts, um, or any other condition that is impacting her, um, her health, you know, yes. that has to be, um, that is related to women's health. Um, share this video um, and and let them hear our journeys, you know, to to arrive at a place where, you know, um, I decided to go forward with it and I found healing in my body and Jesse, you know, beginning you'll be, my journey. you're beginning your journey, you know, <laughs> yes. and so hopefully when you know, we can have her back on here so you Definitely. can, no, so that I'm, we can talk about your experience. Definitely. Yeah. I will be back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, if you have questions, like post, you know, your questions, share, let other women hear this wonderful story because I know we're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope that this um, episode two has... Um, touched you some way somehow i hope that it has helped you i hope and pray that it has motivated you there there's something that we spoke about today that is not only going to benefit you but also benefit someone you love whether it's a sister a cousin a friend a co-worker um a mother someone and you know please i i highly encourage the conversation you know, to, um, to occur with your daughters, you know, I don't blame my mother for thinking, you know, a certain kind of way about what a, a gynecologist mm -hmm. is and who it's only for. Um, that's, that was the culture. That was the Latino culture, you know? And I, I'm just going to throw this out there too. Um, I actually, in Finding out, I called my mom and I told her, and I was hysterical crying, and which is why it is important to have these conversations with our daughters. She goes, "Oh yeah, I have endometriosis. What? Oh, that would been vital information." Yeah, because it's correct. Correct, correct. And I said, "You know, mom, really?" Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's important because just that fear of just where is this coming from and, and not having knowledge and, you know, and I do take a lot of medical conditions into consideration as far as it, is it being hereditary, you know, yeah. and yeah, that, that's a conversation yeah. that I would have been a little bit at ease, you know, a little bit prepared if I had had that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and I've, I've had the conversation with Sienna, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I want you to monitor your symptoms. Oh, yeah. You know, if you start experiencing certain types of pains, let's talk about it. Um, because I understand that endometriosis is hereditary. Yes. You know, um, I know in talking to the doctor, um, um, there's a, a theory that my mother passed more than likely also had it. Um, but of course, with her having passed away, I would 
you checking for endometriosis? Um, because it's a silent illness. It's a silent disease. You don't see it. We can put all the makeup on, do our hair, and dress up, and no one will ever know that we're dying on the inside because it's so painful mm -hmm. not being able to wear certain clothes at the waist because yes. of the pain yes. you know and so so I just want to thank everyone who yes. tuned in who came on who took the time to watch I thank hope and I pray that this um, episode about healing our body and our journeys um, to get there has blessed you. I hope that it inspires you, and I hope that um, it'll bring you some kind of blessing, okay, for you or a woman that you love. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. That's it for tonight, episode two of season one of Meet Me at the Table with Purpose.